Hey guys, this is Wildcat Chris Harris, TNA original and one half of six-time TNA World Tag Team Champions, America's Most Wanted. You are listening to the TNA Cross the Line Podcast. TNA Wrestling, Cross the Line. And we're back with episode 133 of the TNA Crossline Podcast. I am Bob Collin Jr. And with me, as always, is Dallas Gridley. And Dallas, we are only three weeks away from Victory Road. And we have a number one contender. Jeff Hardy has won the number one contendership and is going to be the next challenger to the NWA World Championship. And by all accounts, as we found out last week, it's going to be one of TNA's favorite stipulations to main event their first monthly three-hour pay-per-view. It looks like it's going to be a ladder match. Man, Bob, we have seen a lot of ladder matches. A lot. That being said, I would say most of them have been pretty damn good. Well, I, I, I always remember. I always say that if you can't have a good ladder match, yeah. I mean I don't know I don't know what we're doing. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a pretty fair point. I and I mean this all makes sense. I feel like leading up to this moment, like I I don't know if I would have thought like okay we're gonna do we're gonna do a ladder match with Hardy and Jarrett, and I think because Jarrett's in the match, maybe I didn't think that that equation makes sense. But like with Hardy. All of the all the chips are on his side of the board now, Bob. And uh, but one thing that may cause a little bit of issues here is the huge announcement that happened as well last week, because we know who the outsiders are who are coming, right? And uh, we know that Kevin Nash and Scott Hall are officially coming uh, to TNA, and each one will be on each side. I'm I'm fuzzy remembering. Who is on which side? Scott think, Hall is on Jarrett's side. Jarrett and, Kevin and then Nash, Nash is with Jeff Hardy. Yeah. On Hardy's side. Yeah. That's what I thought. So this is uh this is pretty big. So we got a ladder match, and the fucking outsiders are gonna be on each side of each side of the uh the match here, which is pretty wild. Yeah, so I got a couple of things. Number one, I feel like when it comes to Hall and Nash, I would have flipped it. Scott Hall be with Hardy, Nash be with Jarrett. Because I feel like, you know, Hardy's baby, Scott Hall's always been kind of like the cool guy. And also, can we not forget? They're both likable, but. Well, can we also not forget that Scott Hall and Jeff Jarrett have fought constantly in TNA? And the WWF. Exactly. So so they are rivals, yeah. They're they're literally rivals. They're more, yeah, they're more so rivals than Nash and Jarrett. I would say so. Um,. Yeah, and it, okay. it's kind of crazy. Yeah, and then secondly, the um, the main event here, okay, as you alluded to, it kind of has put the favored into Hardy, which right. 
I feel like you normally would want your baby face to not have that type of advantage. You would want the sympathy of like, oh my god, Jeff Jeff Hardy's. He's got the odds stacked against him, right? But it's against it's like essentially the odds are against Jared. So like, the heels got like the I could see fans being like, oh damn, this sucks for Jared. Like a ladder match (laughs) against Jeff Hardy, like a guy that's had crazy great ladder matches. I guess they'd have to feel bad for Jared for that to happen, though, and I don't know if we do. No, I'll tell you, I will tell you <laughs> when, uh, so I was like, what, 14, 2004? No, so I was about 15. So when this was, so when this was announced back when I was 15, I was like, Jeff Hardy's fucking champ. There is no fucking way that Jeff Jared is going to retain the end of your world. And for me... <laughs> And I and I will never say I was a big Jeff Hardy fan. Like, you know, Lance is, you know, one of our recent Twitter uh, followers and uh, podcast listeners. You know, he's he's a diehard Jeff Hardy fan. I, I wouldn't necessarily say that I was diehard. But I remember, you know, the ladder match with Undertaker in 2002 on Raw. I was like, holy shit, he's going to win that undisputed championship. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Right. It didn't happen. So I was kind of like, you know what? It's something different. Jeff Hardy can have really good matches. I don't like Jeff Jarrett. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I have to watch. So I would have to say by this point in time, 15-year-old Bob is making a pitch to my mother to be okay. <laughs> it was a pay-per-view. It's not to be. It's TNA. It's total nonstop action wrestling. It's not tits and ass. I'm sure 14 year old Bob said that to his mother. Yeah, I, 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 well, I had bought some of the weekly, so I think she knew. Right. Okay, right, now, Bob, spoiler alert. Did you end up getting Victory Road pay per view? Yes. Okay, well, well, we'll talk about that once we get to the show more. Yeah, yeah. But um, that's pretty fun. So I. It's the only pay per view I ever bought for Tina, ever. That's crazy. <laughs> That's so crazy. Wow. Um, the, so I mentioned it in the past, but now that the ladder match stipulations like officially revealed, I would say, um, we we have three episodes of Impact before Victory Road. One of these three episodes, unless my memory is really fucked up, is the first time I turned on TNA Wrestling. It's going to be one of these episodes. I have a very vivid memory of seeing a particular moment with Jeff Hardy. And yeah, I don't know when it's going to, it might happen on this show. I don't know. And if it doesn't happen, I'll uh, go backtrack and I'll try to think about what it actually could have been. Cause maybe it, maybe it was him sitting on top of that ladder. I don't know. Right. But it's, it's, I, I have this memory. Um, now I did not order the Victor road pay-per-view. I did not see Victor road probably till, um, late 2005 when they released that three pack of dvds that i keep talking about all the time um which for some reason has like it's victory road uh turning point and lockdown 2005 it's just like a random pack but like holy shit they're so good so um i don't think i actually ended up seeing it for if, if I'm remembering for a while now, so you you were 14, so I just double. I had to do math because it's like I can't think about off the top of my head. But I was 11, 
right. at, at the time of what we're watching here. So I don't think um, as 11, I was like, I need to order this pay-per-view. I don't know, really know when they have actually, I know by then, by this point, I did try to get my parents to order pay-per-view sometimes, um, but not like super often. The, fir the first one I remember actually making my parents buy was like WrestleMania 20. And it was like, oh my God, the, the Undertaker's coming back. And like, so like, made made uh them buy it so at my house the first one i got my parents to buy was wrestlemania 20. i don't know if i ever bought any tna ones i was gonna ask if you ever had i remember i got wrestlemania you know, like wrestlemania was always a birthday present because my birthday is april 6th so it was always around that time right i remember not getting wrestlemania 19 hmm. because i was just like i'm not really like I didn't really care about like the show, and it's like a good show. Yeah. But I, but I just I didn't really care about. It. Um, WrestleMania 20 though I for sure did because, uh, you know Undertaker coming back, but I was I was like Benoit is winning the title, and I mm -hmm. need and I'm gonna need to see that. Yeah. Because I had been a Benoit guy since uh, WCW days where he'd always lose to like Booker T and like Fitch Finley. And I was like, oh my god, can this guy right. Rick Steiner? I was like, can this guy fucking win? Well, from finally did it after we ordered twenty at my house, which our our buddy Austin uh, joined me for. After that one, we started ordering all of them over at his house for his birthday. It's the same idea, mm. um, and then it was so we'd always order those. Except there was one, maybe it was twenty three or twenty four or something, where he we couldn't get together, and then that was one where you could like buy it online instead of on like a pay-per-view provider also mm. and i remember ordering it like on my computer and then i remember it was 24 right isn't that where floyd mayweather and big show had like their little thing or whatever i'm pretty sure it's 24. well you're 23. 20 regardless Regardless. You're asking really hard questions. I know. Well, you you're good at that shit. But anyways, I got a WrestleMania chain. after a certain point for WrestleMania, it all blends together for me. That's fair. That's a fair point. But I got a uh, I got like a key, a boxing glove keychain from ordering a pay per view this way. And like WrestleMania, WrestleMania twenty four is Big Show and okay. Mayweather. I'm pretty sure that's the one I ordered like on the computer. And There's also 2008. 2008. There's one year that. I remember ordering like the HD version when they tried to do that, mm. and and um, uh, we didn't have like the HD cable box, and like I didn't know that was like a thing at the time, <laughs> and so like it was like black and I couldn't see it, and like we had to like order it again. <laughs> like, oh this regular... God, it was a mess. But yeah, unfortunately, I don't think off the top of my head that I ordered any old school TNA pay per views. I really can't remember any. I think I mean I think I've said this before, but the only other time I came close to buying was uh, Final Resolution 06. It's a fair point. I could understand why you would why you would have considered doing that. I almost bought it. I was super close, but I didn't do it. Well, there's always time to do it again, Bob. In about two years, we will watch that show. We can pretend that we're buying it. You can, in fact, send I, me forty dollars. I'm not sending you nothing. I don't it's know if I don't. Dollars. I don't even know if I've really watched that show. 
I'm sure you have. I guarantee you, you don't watch that show. I mean, I maybe I can't remember. Uh-huh. We will soon enough. Can't wait. Uh, well, let's uh, let's let's chat about last week's episode a bit, and then we got some notes that we'll get into, and then I got some more notes during the show. Uh, and in fact, there's some exciting pay per view stuff coming on. Not about Victory Road necessarily, but about the future. Whoa. Uh, we'll about Kazarian. Oh, that's good. No, but wow. uh, pay-per-views. Okay, so on the uh, October 5th taping... Wait, October 5th? What the fuck? Wrong wrong one. Sorry, wrong note. Why is the, this is definitely not the right note sheet? Hold on. L-O-L-T-N-A. L-O-L-T-N-A, baby. Oh, see, I just scrolled up too high. Okay. What I'm pretty relief. sure. What a relief. This is a mess. I literally just did these. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. I know. Well, this is live. He tells we were 15 minutes, 26. Couldn't uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> let's see here. Yeah, this is it. Okay. Here we go. We're good. Okay, so the pay-per-view main event is, of course, Jeff Hardy versus Jeff Jarrett, as we talked about. So they went with that original plan. Now, last week and the week before, we discussed the rumors that maybe they were going to switch that up because Jeff Hardy was doing all those no-shows and all this kind of stuff. Uh, Jeff Hardy did ask for the ladder match. Um, so on the the main event there on the October 12th show, which was, of course, the October 15th show, um, so I rough bump Hardy using a swanton uh, and Abyss hitting Hardy with a black hole slam and Raven hitting Brown with a chair and a DDT allowing Hardy to win. So we're kind of all over the place. Um, and of course, uh, Dave Meltzer notes that it's always good to make sure that your challenger is going, that's going for the belt, has someone else win the match for him, <laughs> which is uh, kind of funny. And he kind of brings up how Russo's WCW stint, of course, mind you, this creative is not Vince Russo at this time. He's not the head creative guy, but in WCW, big matches, tons of outside interferences, blah, blah, blah. And no one really gets over for winning or losing. Right. And so, so that no one cares. Uh, Dusty Rhodes and Russo, uh, speaking of, agreed that there would be fan voting to decide who would be the director of authority between the two of them. Um, and of course, if uh, Dave notes here that the first time that they did one of these voting things, it was totally bogus. And which, you know, shouldn't be a shock in the world of professional wrestling. They also announced that Chris Saban, Alex Shelley, Jarrell Clark, Shark Boy, Chad Collier, Amazing Red, Sanjay Dot, Michael Shane, and Frankie Kazarian will be in an X Division gauntlet uh, on the pay per view. So a huge X Division gauntlet. And I think there's even more names that were discussed for that. Uh, as we just discussed, Jarrett officially has mentioned that Scott Hall and Kevin Nash would be showing up, but not Sean Waltman, which we also discussed was a rumor name. Um, and he, he named them on the show, which we said, if they're doing that and they don't show up, and this is like another group of people who they're doing this with, it's pretty fucked up. Right. Um, so he claimed that Hall would come in as a heel, of course, on his side, and Nash would come in as the babyface. Um, it looks like that they are going to be doing a three-way dance with Raven, Monty Brown, and Abyss, because they had that brawl that happened on the show. We will we'll keep tabs on that, see what happens there. Uh, Bobby Roode and Eric Young 
of course, this is probably one of the biggest things that happened on the show, is they won the NWA Tag Team titles from James Storm and Christopher Daniels. Later, Storm and Chris Harris challenged Rude and Young for a title match on the pay-per-view. Uh, and then, of course, Johnny Swinger and Glenn Gilberti returned on Explosion. So, some very exciting things going down. And I I'm, got my, I think that pretty much covered what happened on the show. Uh, Petey Williams won like a squash match, and 3 Life Crew also won a squash match as well. But besides that, yeah, Hardy beat Monty Brown, and then that title match. So, a little bit uh, slower on the match, the match count, if you will. Right. So, yeah, I didn't think it was a bad episode of Impact. Uh, we haven't really seen uh, a bad episode of Impact. We've seen some less than good, but not bad, really. Yeah, we've yet to watch one that was not, in some capacity, entertaining. And I'm dreading the day for when we're like, that was not a good show. It's going to be really sad. Like, really, really sad. I'd be very disappointed. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm just going to kind of go down the list here. Uh I don't there's actually I'll say one thing first before I go down the list because it kind of relates to our show a bit and then some other random notes here. Um, apparently, neither Kevin Nash or Scott Hall had actually signed a TNA contract <laughs> as of late in the week. Now, Dave notes that it may they may have as it's been reported since then. But as his reporting is, there's no one has signed yet. He also says here that Austin, uh, who hates the Jarrett's and thinks TNA is crap. Asked Nash why he'd even bother going there. Nash told Austin he hadn't signed, and Austin told him it's time to call Vince. Figuring un- under the circumstances, he'd get uh, essentially a quarter of a million dollar per year deal as a writing consultant if he screwed Jarrett, who would only have himself to blame for not signing him and advertising his name first. And of course, you'd think they'd learn from the Hulk Hogan incident. Uh, they figured that Vince hates Jeff Jarrett for holding him up for almost $200,000 to do a job for China on the final day of the company in 1999. So it would be Vince's kind of revenge. Could you see, I don't know if I could, I know he had just been there in like 2003, but like. Going back and then being a writing consultant. But that all it'd be for three quarters of a million? No, just one quarter of a million. (laughs) A one quarter. 250. Yeah, oh, man. Quarter oh, I thought it was... I thought it was... Yeah, jeez. Nah, dude, he'd be getting back in the ring. Let's be real here. He would have to be. Right. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see him being a writer's assistant or whatever. Nah, man. <laughs> that ain't happening. Absolutely not. Have we, did we not see what he did? Like, what he did in WCW 99? Like, his creative wasn't that great. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah. Which would be pretty interesting because in 2004 here, I feel like WWE is doing pretty good. Like, they got some pretty good stuff going on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think 2005 is not bad. 2005 is really, I like, really like 2005. 2005 is not bad. I got a box set of all the pay-per-views from that year, so. 2005 is another year that I did not get WrestleMania because I was like, I already know that. Cena and Batista are going to become champions. So I was like, I'm mm. not going to waste my money. There you go. Again, I know it's a good show. Yeah, it is. But I just didn't want to waste four hours of my life when I knew that it was a new era. New era, baby. Yeah. 
Uh, Impact on October 8th did a 0.13 rating. Uh, Dave notes that that number had to be a gigantic disappointment because it was the show where they advertised two world title shot tourney matches with Raven versus Monty Brown and Jeff Hardy versus Abyss. Plus, they just pushed the Impact debut of Randy Piper uh, and the biggest mainstream name that they've had on the show. Randy Piper. Um, which we didn't really talk about Randy Piper much, but was that last week, really? Was Randy Piper last week? Uh, wasn't that two weeks ago? And then he had like a video segment or something? Yes, that's what it was. I thought I had a note about him. That's why I couldn't remember. But it literally might have been about that. But yeah. um, And maybe I have it saved for during the show. I don't know. My notes are a mess. I color code them, man. I mean, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> it's, just, it's just where we're at. Um, okay, so we've been talking about this best damn sports show period deal because they're trying to do this wrestling week situation. Well, they are doing a one-week wrestling deal, but Bob, it was supposed to be kind of leading into Victory Road, but now it looks like it's happening November 8th to November 12th. You know, the day after the pay-per-view. Yeah. Insane to me. That's great. Um, according to what was written by Rudy Martzik, I don't know, of USA Today, the dates, and it was in the paper before anyone at TNA was aware of the dates. That means it starts after November 7th, so they'll have to use it to push the second pay-per-view. Uh, TNA will be in two slots during the week, while the other three dates, they'll be trying to interview legends from the past, probably with a Northeast bias since the guy handling it grew up in New York. However, TNA sources say they are working on October 25th to October 29th as the dates. Now, this it may be that the segment will be taped on like the 26th in Orlando to air on the 8th and will include one of the best damn sports show period hosts during a matchup. So this is kind of a weird thing. Hmm. We're airing after the pay-per-view, but taping before the pay-per-view. Right. Um, and as we as we learn more about this, um if they do, we will be covering the shows, so we will not be spoiling what happens at the tapings. No, correct. We'll be, we will be watching them. So if you're saying, Dad, I can't wait. Next week, we're going to hear what happened. No, you're not. You're going to have to wait. <laughs> okay. It's just how it is. Uh, this is a pretty interesting one, Bob. Uh, apparently, America's Most Wanted, Chris Harris and James Storm, had asked several wrestlers for advice regarding going to WWE. Oh. Which has been pursuing them once their contracts expire. Most everyone is suggesting that they go, as apparently they are being offered more downside than the uh, 1,250 to uh, 1,500 per week, which varies by the source. Um, so we don't have an exact number, but um, that they are earning now. Uh, it's also being suggested that they at least give TNA the right of first refusal and say that. This is what we're being offered elsewhere and at least match it out of loyalty. Others say you have to look at the big picture. Even if they get the same money, it's guaranteed WWE will be in business for the length of the contract, uh, which is noting that three years plus a two-year option is the standard length in the current um, in 2004 here for WWE deals. And nobody knows how much patience Panda will have before pulling the plug on this venture especially with the ratings barely showing a pulse now. 
Do we know when their contract expires? I don't know if we do. We might have said in the past, but I can't remember. Okay. So but let's l- let's say it expires. Well, just for fun, like mid two thousand five. That's exactly what I was gonna say. I was gonna say June oh five, because that makes sense because you know it started in June of oh two, so you know a couple years. Right. Okay. Uh, if I were if I were America's Most Wanted, right now here in October of oh four, and they and they were like, oh hey, we're interested. Right? I'm pr- I'm probably gonna go. You think so? Yeah. I think I'm gonna go. Now, do you think? Now, I you are much better than I am at remembering these kind of things. Tag team division mid two thousand five. Can America's Most Wanted stand out? Do can they hold their own? And do you think they would succeed in the WWE? Yeah. If I'm remembering correctly, I think that I I'd be like super super interested. Like fantasy booking America's Wanted into like the 2005 tag team type scene. You, you know, want to know what I? I think what I would have done is, I think this is around the time with uh, Lance Cade and Trevor Murdoch. Oh, uh, that sounds that sounds about right. Replace them with America's Wanted. Hmm. So, for fun, I was gonna try. To, I'm trying to look up. I'll just do okay. I'm gonna go on here. So there's like rosters and everything, but I'm gonna go. Yeah. I'm gonna look strictly because I found this article first. Oh, this is like really long though. This isn't what I want. I was I gonna think- look up 2005 champions. This is this is like raw. It looks like oh no, this isn't all raw though. So we're I'm gonna read a couple teams here from late 04 through like the end of 2005 that are tag team champions for fun. Okay. So what we're in, we're in October, right? So we'll just October, for fun. Yeah. Let's start in uh, December. So uh, we have Ray, RVD and Rey Mysterio, the Basham brothers. Then Ray and Eddie were champions in early 2005. Mm-hmm. MNM, one of my faves. Like MNM versus the Americas Wanted, I feel like would be pretty freaking good. I think it would be a very good match. Yeah. Uh, the new LOD. You can just ignore, ignore that one. Uh, M&M were champions again, and then we got Batista and Rey Mysterio in late 2005. Um, and then, I mean, even in 2006, you got Brian Kendrick and Paul London, Deuce and Domino in 2007. So, I mean, there's there's pretty good teams going on around this time. Yeah, so the the team that I think I'd be most interested in there would be uh, Spanky and London. I think those two guys against AMW would be really good. Yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty fair to say. Yeah. Um, okay, here is... Well, this is based off the video. Oh, yeah, look, Landcade and Murdoch. See, okay, so this is some other ones, because this is the actual, like... That's got to be raw, right? This must be raw. So let me go back a little bit. So, 04, November 04. La Resistance. Uh, we got Eugene and Regal. Um, then we got obviously oh, sounds again. Uh, William Regal and Tajiri, you know, Hurricane and Rosie, Lance Kate and Trevor Murdoch, Kane and Big Show, The Spirit Squad. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's 2006, so we're jumping a little bit, but you know, by, by the sounds of it, yeah, by the sounds of it, though, it, it didn't sound like a lot of like true tag teams, which is kind of interesting looking back on that, right? 
Yeah, so, that does so, feel like the era where it was not like tag team focused. They had kind of steered away from right. that. Right. Eminem no, being like a exclusion of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's um and I wish there was an easier way to me for me to do this quickly, but um well, that kind of gives us an idea of some of the stuff we had going on. I think it'd be super interesting. And like well, I read this and I was like, hmm, like it really makes you think, like, well what like what if? I think that if you I would have them go on Raw and well, DX doesn't return until like what? Oh six. I think, yeah. Cause like I feel like that would have been a good tag feud. AMW against Sean and Could you imagine? Oh my god. That would have been way better than the Spirit Squad or whatever, so yeah, I so I, I mean, they're the squad. right now they're a they're a big fish in a small pond because it's really them and like Triple X Team Canada yeah. obviously is I think getting there. Yeah, but it's really those two. If you go to WWE, I don't know if they're really a small fish in a big pond. I think that they would would they turn still them be a top team? Would they turn them into the new smoking guns? You know what no, I mean? Yeah, you, no, I don't think so. No, you don't think so. Not in 2005, no. I say that, and then I'm also thinking, like, hey, they had Hooventude run a riding lawnmower. Yeah, dude, I don't so, know. like, they might come out uh, like horses. I don't know, maybe. I, I don't know. Well, they wouldn't be America's most wanted, still. Oh, absolutely not. Um, which is a fucking bummer, but... Yeah. Uh, fun to think about, unfortunately. They don't have one. So... I think I think I would go though. Well, you never know, man. Maybe they will. Okay, well. No, not quite. Anyway, um, Dave notes that he didn't see it, but apparently, from a live perspective, the explosion match that was taped last week with AJ Styles, Alex Shelley, and Chris Sabin was apparently the best TV match that the company has put on in months. Fantastic, and we can't see it. It was an explosion. Yeah, so. Hey, maybe there'll be another one of those weird shows where they start airing dark matches and we'll see it. Hopefully. And then we'll watch like three matches you've already seen and be like, wow, that was pretty good. And be like, <laughs> Bobby hated it three months ago. Right. I can't believe Lex <laughs> Levette's gotten three matches against Jeff Jarrett. This yeah. is crazy. Oh my God, he's going to get his win. Yeah. Oh, look, this is a note that I probably should have read earlier, but oh well. Um, in the This is about the, the show last week. Uh, in the tag team title match uh, the finish was botched and it was a mistake by referee Andrew Thomas uh, team Canada basically forced a collision with Daniels and Storm and rude schoolboy Storm holding the trunks that was supposed to be the finish but for some reason Thomas held up the count apparently thinking that they were in the ropes they were they're pretty close though but uh, everyone stood still until Daniels on the other side of the ring told young to put him in a small package and they did uh, the pin out of that. So, yeah, yeah, I do. I do remember the finish being messed up there. Yep. No, there's no that the crowd was hot for the show, even uh, though Hardy versus Brown wasn't very good. With Brown looking green again, people were into it. Uh, th- and then he notes that uh, the problem with the tournament is that nobody came out of it looking like a contender. But he should send Brown a lot, anyways. So we'll yeah. just leave that there because we, really we don't we don't really agree with his opinion about that. Yeah. Uh, they did that Tate Piper promo. See, I knew I had a note somewhere right here, Barry. Yeah. Uh, it was in a paragraph. That's why I didn't see it. 
Uh, they did the Tate Piper promo about the history of Piper's Pit, which is, <laughs> which was completely incomprehensible. Uh, which, Roddy Piper promo, um, at least in this regard. Uh, he was claiming that Piper's Pit was never scripted and nobody wanted it to be on after the first one with Frankie Williams. Uh, he was trying to um, you know, basically say that it was real. Uh, he claimed that it was the first reality show ever. Um, okay, uh, I got a heavy hitter for you, Bob. Okay. Uh, you remember last week we talked about the Joe Legend interview? Yeah. Yeah. So we have some updates about this. Um, in fact, it kind of clears up some points. So we kind of got a we got a pretty rough version last week. Now, Dave kind of back. I don't I can't remember if it was Alvarez or him that reported it initially. I think it was Alvarez that we read it from. And Dave kind of had a smaller note about it. So I want to read this to kind of elaborate a little bit further. So in the Joe Legend Internet post, they got Jarrett and Dutch Mantel so hot. Legend wasn't nearly as stiff about Jill Jarrett's cancer as it was made out to be. Uh, he said he was looking forward to Jeff coming to Switzerland so he could kick six shades of crap out of him. His claim was that Jarrett, when TNA started, asked him to move away from Europe back to Canada because he wanted him as a top guy, but trans to Europe would be too much. He said that he could fly out of Detroit into Nashville. He could be a top guy. Legend said moving would be a big step, but they shook hands on it. Then after he moved back, Jared cut his pay by $200 per appearance. Uh, now, this is when they were in a major financial bind at the time. And in fact, both Jeff and Jerry Jarrett came close to having to declare bankruptcy in 2002 before Panda saved their asses, uh, which we've talked about all that stuff in the past. Check out that in the archives. Uh, he said that they worked a program. He says, quote, I was surprised at how much I had to carry that bag of crap with all of his experience. Uh, he said that the plan when they did the blow-off, was that he was supposed to beat Jarrett by hitting him with a baseball bat in a 15-minute match. But just before they went out to the ring, Jarrett told them that the show was running long and they had to cut the match to just three minutes. Then when it was over, someone in production went to him and said he screwed up and he was supposed to go 15. And now the show, the, it was short and ended 10 minutes early. Now, Legend said he realized Jarrett didn't want to have to sell um, which he dominated before the screw jump finish of that, and he didn't want to sell and lose the match. He'd lose in the same match. So then Legend sat at home until they did the redshirt security gimmick. When that ran its course, he was told he was being sent home for two weeks so they could come up with a new gimmick, and then he waited seven months, where nobody from TNA would return his calls, faxes, emails, or registered letters. So if that doesn't date the time period for you of how he was trying to get in touch with TNA, I don't know what does. Uh, he goes on to say, quote, Jeff Jarrett is a no-talent scumbag who only got work due to the fact that a lot of old-time wrestlers had gone on to be promoters and owed his dad favors. End quote. Uh, when that is totally in it, when that is, sorry, Dave says, well, that is a totally inaccurate portrayal of Jarrett's career, although much of it uh, for the past decade has been a bluff in the sense that he was a good wrestler. At least when he was younger, but lacked charisma to be on top, he was able to talk a good game when promoters, since he knew how to talk being the son of a promoter and got some very good contracts and sold both WCW and WWF on the idea that he could be a top guy because of his years of experience and still being chronologically a young man. Uh, he goes on to say, quote, Dutch Mantel is a small time nobody and a total coward who masquerades as intelligent. And Dave says, well, you can see where the heat is coming from now. <laughs> he said, quote, Dutch knows his role is to push nothing. 
he's to push nothing to get over more than Jeff. And since Jeff is not over, he has to find ways to make sure everyone else is second rate. Uh, and then Dave goes on to elaborate and says, I do know that Jerry Jarrett's philosophy in the Terry Toilet days was to make sure that nobody got over more than Jerry Lawler because he feared someone getting over and leaving for a higher paying promoter while Lawler, uh, who was making big money as part owner, couldn't make that kind of money anywhere else and wouldn't leave. It's clear that in TNA, that philosophy is the same, but Jarrett is no Jerry Lawler in his prime in any way, shape or form. He claimed that even though ICP couldn't wrestle, they were super over with the crowd and drew fans that came specifically to see them. But Jarrett got rid of them because they were more over than he was. And then finally, uh, regarding Jill Jarrett, he said that people on the internet uh, thought that Jeff, Jeff made up the cancer story. He says, quote, I wouldn't put it past him. He's a snake through and through, and I hope karma catches up with him someday. But I was there when Scott, who uh, was Scott Demore, he believes, uh, got the call about the cancer thing, so I am inclined to believe it's true. Uh, and then it's it's noted that um, he, I think it's him saying it's there's not a quote though, but it says I wish nothing but a speedy recovery for Jeff's wife, but not a shred of happiness for Jeff. So it's still you know it's still an interview, uh, but I yeah. think it, it, it's I feel like it's a little more toned down than what we read last week. Which I feel like, like it's still pretty similar. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's pretty similar. I'd have to um, pull it back up again, but <laughs> but he, uh, I think it was there's a little bit harsher quotes that were, and maybe they were left off of this one. But regardless, we maybe we cleared some of the air, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Legend hates him. What can you say? That's that's what. No, he absolutely does. Yeah, which is not something we were were well aware of at all. Yeah. Okay, Bob, I got two more notes, and then we can get into the show, and then I got some other fun stuff that we're going to talk about. Including, nah, I don't even know how to tease that without actually just saying it, so never mind. Did WWE steal a storyline from an incident in TNA? I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. That's Wait, right. did, what happened? Did WWE steal a storyline idea for something that's happening in TNA? Is that what you're about to tell me? I'm going to tell you during the show. Oh, okay. Um, John Bolin, who was the bodybuilder who won the TNA gut check competition, was apparently someone who people involved with the company invited to come in, as opposed to someone who just showed up. So they, that's just a fun little tidbit about that. I so was rigged. I mean, I guess it kind of seems that way. Sure does. Uh, well, I can't wait to see John Bolin wrestle here in TNA uh, from the TNA gut check after his asylum training camp or whatever. Uh I mean, he he did wrestle. I think I mentioned before he did wrestle for the International Wrestling Cartel out of Pennsylvania, and I have several of their events, so I'm sure he's on some of those. And he's uh, absolutely just, a body. He's absolutely a body guy. I believe it. Um, my final note here: <clears throat> it's about Jerry Jarrett and Burt Prentice's USA Championship Wrestling that ran the fairgrounds again. Well, of course, the asylum. Uh, they ran this on October 16th. And, Bob, the main event, and you're, you're probably going to cover some of this um, during Indie Notes, but we've got a little bit of details here. Uh, the main event was Jerry Lawler versus Kid Cash. Hell yeah. Uh, and it was a heated match, which Lawler ended up winning, which included Cash giving his moneymaker, uh, Piledriver, listen, to Lawler's second, April Pennington. What? So Kid Cash gave her, gave her oh the, the moneymaker. Uh, Lawler using a stunner on Cash to a big pop and eventually 
Dallas's interference backfired and Lawler won with the pile driver. On TV, Lawler, the babyface, in his promo ran down TNA and fans chanted TNA reject at cash. Several TNA regulars, including Chris Harris, James Storm, Abyss, The Naturals, and Michael Shane, as well as much of the front office, were at the show. Uh, this show drew 275 fans and $3,691. The bad news is that much of the crowd left after Lawler's match, which was put on in the middle of the show. And they missed the old school heat ending where Harris and Storm were beaten down by a ton of heels, with Storm bleeding from the mouth from five super kicks, and he was carried out. Okay. I am shocked that that was not the main event. Lawler and Cash. Yeah, so... Uh, the actual main event. So I know I've read that it was the main event. It was probably the featured matchup, essentially. Yeah, featured but you said it went in the middle of the show. Right, yeah. So, so I know, but to... I want to just correct because I read it because it's listed as the main event. And, of course, it did not go on in the official, like, wow. slot. It's still the main event. But it's yeah, the it's the main event. It's like Hogan going on in the middle of the show in the 80s. So he's still get his Kate, his room service. <sighs> Dude, it's the main is... event. Okay, not the Rojo, not the Rujos in the Rockers. They're not the main event. It was Hogan against Kamala. Give me your break. Um, why Cash is Cash getting a TNA reject chant is weird because he's still in TNA. Uh, that's a good point. I guess it's probably it's like the us versus them kind of thing, maybe. Like, hey, we're natural and you work for them. So I don't know. Maybe that's kind of what they're teasing him out. I don't know. Yeah, but did the same thing happen to all the other guys you mentioned that are in DNA? It's not noted. Yeah, so maybe that's his cash getting heel heat, I guess. But yeah, I was hoping that he would hit the money maker on uh, on Lawler. Lawler, that would have been insane. Yeah, right. And Brian Turner, if you're listening, if you have that cash Lawler match, fucking upload it. I need to see April taking that move. Yeah, yeah. That's like wild to me because I don't really think that. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know if I knew if she was like in ring trained or not. Really, uh, I don't think she's a wrestler ever, aside from like the occasional spot, maybe. But it's like Dixie Carter going through the table in like right. 15 years. Like it's like what? Right. Like okay, got to see that. Um, okay, so that is all I got, Bob. I got explosion notes, but just for fun, yeah, we're going to talk about a WWE storyline during the show. Now we're also really going to talk. Curious. We're also going to talk a little bit more about Sean Waltman. And we're going to talk about, you remember those uh, video packages, the coming soon? Yeah, when you thought it was D-Lo? Yeah, we're going to talk about that during the show as well. No way. We have an update on that? Oh, yeah. Like, okay. Is it going to say who it was? Yeah. Okay. So we'll talk about that during the show. We got some fun stuff to talk about. That is some heavy. But we got to talk about explosion first. So I'm trying to find my note for explosion. I got. I got to get a new document for this one too. But guys, we've been doing too many shows. I got too much shit. Uh, okay. So before I have to go into explosion, there was one dark match not listed anywhere else, uh, besides in the Observer, and that was that Jarrell Clark defeated Andy Douglas. Oh. So Andy Douglas is, is still more active after that uh, stabbing. So keep that in mind. Um, so as according to Cage Match, this was explosion number 100. Mm. It's just kind of crazy to think about. I also don't know how accurate that number is, but I just tell you. So if you want to look it up, you can find it. Okay, so. Okay, Bob, I have lied to you. 
Gerald Clark in Andy Douglas is listed on here. I think it wasn't listed in the Observer, and I added it on my notes. So my apology. So either way, dark match. Okay, so Triple X, Primetime, and Christopher Daniels defeated Kid Romeo and Roderick Strong. Mm-hmm. Abyss defeated Lex Levette. He's back. Uh, Alex Shelley and Petey Williams defeated D-Ray 3000 and Sharkboy. Raven defeated Brian Gamble. And America's Most Wanted and faced off against Dallas and Kid Cash. And that match went to a no contest. And I did forget to mention that this episode um, aired on October 23rd, 2004. Hmm. So, not bad. Not bad, Yeah, it sounds like a pretty solid card, really. I would say so. And on that note, wow. I'm freaking ready to get into Impact. This Impact is only 32 minutes long. Just kidding. No, it's That's not, not true. Uh, the runtime for this week's episode, uh, October 22nd, is 45 minutes and 23 seconds. Uh, so that should be fun. I'm going to count down from three when I say play. That's when you're going to want to watch along with us, whether that's on the Impact Plus app or if it's in your own personal collection. So here we go. Three, two, one. This is TNA, the new face of professional wrestling. And of course, we're going to immediately start off with highlights from last week's show. But guys, this is a TV show. We can't even get mad about this anymore. I keep saying it, but we're so used to watching these. We're so used to watching these pay-per-views with six-minute highlight packages and being like, "Holy shit, end this!" But we're on TV now, Bob. Well, I mean, I like the, I like on the pay per views when they do like a video package to like hype up the feuds. Yeah, I like that too. But like, I don't need it every week on pay per view. It's different with TV, like you said, though. Oh, hey, by the way, he just mentioned Terry F- Funk. <laughs> yeah. Funk. Um, he's not coming in anymore for the pay per view, apparently. Yeah. At least that's what uh, Alvarez has a note, and it literally just says that. Like, I don't think he ever was. He was never coming in there. Yeah, but literally just says he's apparently off the November seventh pay per view. So no big note besides that. Um, mm. uh, speaking of Victory Road, um, since they just they're showing us that too, uh, we haven't seen our backstage interview Scott Hudson in a while, and that's because of course he works a real job. And I, uh, his shoot job, right? Well, he is expected to work the Victory Road pay-per-view since it's on a Sunday and it won't conflict with his job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Alvarez also brings up the question, like, I wonder if they'll bring back Don Callis again since it is also not during a week. What will they bring him back for? Well, that, that part doesn't make much sense to me. I don't really think there's a reason, but I guess if you needed some kind of BS authority, like, in behind the scenes, you could pretend, but... Yeah, I maybe. don't. I don't think Don Kells has much of a place here. Scott Hudson makes. I mean, it's a funny thing. I read this and I was like, "Wait, have we not seen him?" And I was like, "Oh no, we really haven't." Yeah, I mean, I wonder if they could, uh, like, you know, Russo is challenging Rhodes to have like a whoever controls it, and like Don Kells makes a cameo and be like, "Hey, remember when I ran it?" I could see that being a thing. Sunday, November 7th, live pay-per-view. 
So that's right, the real life crew here. So the real life crew is basically promising. We are going to be the NWA Tag Team Champions of the World. You know, it would make sense, I guess, to have them challenged in Canada. Oh, it's his back. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's AMW and Triple X. And I see Sanjay D-Ray Sharkboy trying to pull him apart. Just some other guys as well. We knew this was going to come to this. Oh, this not. place isn't big enough for both these tag teams. Bob, that's not a good thing to say. Random desk there. Chris Saban. Terrell Clark. And now. Fantastic. Well, that was interesting. I don't mind that little brawl there. Yeah, that was fun to start. That kind of gets some more interest going on in that tag team title situation. Yeah, Bob, this Fong fucking sucks. They better change it after the pay-per-view. Because if they get people to watch the pay-per-view and they tune in the show and they hear the shitty-ass things on, that might be it. <laughs> if it, like, built up to something more explosive, then sure. But it just never done. Okay, Bob, we are getting to the shot of the crowd. How many people do you think are live in the impact zone in Orlando, Florida this week? 600. No, we are at a whopping 375 people, which is the lowest reported number so far, I believe. Wow. Although looking at it, that is, I mean, they did it. They moved people wicked, dude, because it don't look that bad right there. Well, like, they've, like before, though, they, they don't move people to the other side right so they're all on one side yeah okay jeff jerry is coming out right now look like he's ready for action and he is walking past a ladder of course and there's another ladder there's a couple ladders. he's gonna act like he's never seen a ladder before now great uh there is a rare jeff jerry indie note Dallas. whoa i know uh on october 16th he retained the nwa world championship when he defeated Glamour Boy Shane in IWA Puerto Rico. Oh, that's a Puerto Rico thing. Oh. Okay. So Dutch just got 500 bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I wonder who, I wonder who Jeff Jersey is fighting. Is well, Bob. I'm assuming he is. Oh, yeah, someone's coming out. Okay, I just, I, I think Don West might have mentioned it kind of there, or at least it reminded me. But Jarrett is the king of the mountain, and the king of the mountain match was essentially uh, a ladder match. It's a reverse, though. Yeah, but it's a ladder match. We'll be Ryan O'Reilly here, which uh, should look familiar, I believe. I think that's, uh, hold on. I'm going to confirm before I say it. Yes, that is this Connor from the Ascension. Uh, that's right. He's much more lean in this particular case. Or Big Con, he goes by in 2022, I believe. He has a good look here. What is he doing? He's dancing. What the fuck? He's tap dancing. The Irish, Irish jig. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. Is Jeff Sher about to use a ladder? That's the DQ here. And He's just no, I guess that was more into the apron. Yeah. I don't know if it's supposed to be, but... Yeah. That's definitely into the ladder. 
You know, it's fine. He, I feel like uh, Ryan O'Reilly here. I do like his look. I, I don't know how I feel about the Irish dancing, though. You know what he kind of looks like to me? Maybe, I, maybe I'm just overthinking it. He kind of reminds me of uh, young Sean O'Hare. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. I'm not crazy, though. Yeah. No, he absolutely does. Uh, if you don't like Sean O'Hare, I don't know if I can like you. I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know. Dude, those promos are so good. <laughs> yeah. It's unfortunate that he couldn't cut a live promo, though, apparently. That was his downfall. Yeah, that is a bummer. Jarrett throwing Ryan O'Reilly against the ladder, and now he's going to hit the stroke. Welcome to Planet Jarrett, just like that sign says. One, mm-hmm. two. Yeah. Right, that's it, baby. So uh, O'Reilly basically got nothing in there. No, but at the bottom of the screen, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, friends or foes at Victory Road. We also saw about Piper's Pit. We also saw an announcement that there's going to be a special minis match. Yeah. I have a note about the minis. Um, I don't know if they'll you know, elaborate, but since Jared's just going to beat the shit out of this guy more. Um, Mascarita Sangrata versus, oh God, Pir- <laughs> Pirat, I don't know. Morgan, his last name. Uh, the actual call was made by Sangrata, who wanted to work with the original Aspectrito. Uh, it was talked about, but Sangrata apparently didn't trust him making the date because he's got drinking issues. So he, so he picked uh, this uh, this uh, opponent that he's going to be facing at the pay per view. Jared is not afraid to use the lighter's weapon. Here comes Jeff Hardy. Oh. He's wearing a weird blue. What is that? Marlins. Marlins uh, jersey. Yeah, Florida Marlins jersey. With the sleeves cut off. Whips Jeff Jarrett into the ladder. And if you're wondering what player it is, there is no player. It's just a Marlins shirt. Like a flatliner there. Uh-oh. Is he going to hit a... Is he going to go for the swanton? Dude, what? Just randomly? He ain't going to do that. Yeah, you don't think so. Not on impact. Not in front of 350 people. Uh, well, Jarrett moved, but Jeff Hardy would definitely do that in front of 350 people. I hate to tell you. Oh, you know what? Yeah, you're probably right. I was listening. I mean, I listened to like the, the Matt Hardy podcast a while ago. And like, he, he always says that Jeff Hardy feels like he's got to do everything all the time. He's got to make the fans happy. Oh Whoa. my God. Hey, it's Scott Hall guys. He says, Big Kev, you think I got problems? Victor Road, Chico? You're the one with the problems. Yeah, he's very gray, by the way. His hair Absolutely is... Absolutely gray. gray, yeah. You think that's why it's black and white? No. Also, they're trying to get that Riz Ramon vibe. He's got, like, the Hawaiian yeah. shirt on. He's in front of, like, plants and shit. Keep your enemies close, I think you just said. One last thing. Good luck, Jeff. But he shrugged. Because no, hey. guess what? They're both named. is both He's Jeff. Jeff. So which Jeff is he talking about? I don't know. Um, we're 10 minutes in the show. 10 minutes, 3 seconds. We got Dusty Rhodes. Look at this old school video of a promo. Um, are the will of the people going to be on Dusty Rhodes' side? Oh, this is like a campaign video. Oh, yes, my God. Sure Dusty Rhodes. Experience. Knowledge. And the understanding. This is hilarious. Okay, dude, I like this. I like the campaign video. 
I'm Dusty Rhodes, and I approve this message. <laughs> okay, so... That's funny. Uh, who, who's this? Michael Shane Kazarian and Tracy coming out now. Ladder still up at the, the top of the ramp there as a prop to remind you about that ladder match. Uh, I did not expect that we were about to see a Scott Hall video. No. no. I mean, I didn't think we were going to see any evidence until the pay-per-view. Yeah, I was not expecting that at all. Wow. That's, like, really exciting. Hail Saban. Is it Saban in red, potentially? Hey, there's a lighter on this side, too. Okay, it's just Saban so far. Usually they come out together if it's them, so. Yeah. Um, have we not seen Kazarian and Michael Shane Russell in a while? Looks like the last time we saw him was on September 9th, over a month ago. Holy crap. Roughly September 9th. No, I think you might be right. Oh, here's Dot. Okay, so Dot. Oh, September 10th. It would have been September 10th. Dot has some new gear, it looks like. I like it. Matching vests. Uh, there's a few notes here for Michael Shane. Back on October 9th, he teamed up with a guy named Sully to lose to the SATs for mm-hmm. NWA PWX in Keysport, Pennsylvania. And then on uh, October 16th, Michael Shane lost to James Storm by disqualification at USACW Music City Memories at the fairgrounds in Nashville, Tennessee. That is the show that has 275 fans that attended it. Uh, that Lawler cash match that you referenced went 24 minutes and 40 seconds. Holy crap. And also on that show, the Naturals won the USACW Tag Team Championships when they defeated the iconic team... Of risky business. Oh. Chris Vaughn and Rick Santel. And wow. 13 minutes and 25 seconds. I'm surprised they didn't just put the belts on Santel and Vaughn. Yeah, I know. Like, why even have them at? Who cares? Uh, and then uh, Chris Sabin here has one note. He lost a number one contendership three-way for the 3PW title. Where AJ Styles defeated Saban and Two Cold Scorpio at three PWs till we meet until we meet again at the ECW Arena on October sixteenth. Uh, Saban hits a drop kick on Michael Shane and then he tags in Sunjay Dutt, who as you had noted is returning from an elbow injury and it looks like it was his left elbow. Yep, he's got a nice big pat on that. Um Bob, you mentioned the naturals, uh, which yeah. kind of relate to this. Uh, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm going to tease you, and I'm not going to say it. I'm going to save it for the main event, because it actually relates more to someone else who's in the main event. Yeah, that's my favorite thing, is when people are like, I'm going to tell you something, and then not tell Okay, me. you just want it. I'll just tell you. Fuck it. Whatever. I don't care. Well, it's about the WWE storyline. Okay. Dave has a note about this. And it's oh, kind of- somebody- oh, wait a minute. I think I know it. <laughs> Can I guess it? Yeah, go ahead. Does it involve a stabbing? Yeah, it does. Is it involved John Cena being stabbed in a bar? Yeah, so the, the Cena storyline about being stabbed in the kidney in a bar fight, Dave thinks most logically comes from the TNA incident with Johnny Devine, since it was literally a week ago, or a week or a little bit more than a week, I guess. At this yeah. Point. But um, he says, hopefully, because since it's going to wind up being that uh, it was a Puerto Rican stabbing, the American, uh, they, they could have been thinking of Jose Gonzalez. And that's not cool. This is what Dave says about that. <laughs> so, um, really interesting timing on the stabbing storyline, but kind of add some context of where we're at. 
Saban with a springboard dropkick to both Kazarian and Shane. The fans are fired up for some Chris Saban. Um, I never knew that context for that storyline. Double Irish whips, and that got messy. Back by the drop and a weird clothesline. And Saban and Dutt get Kazarian and Michael Shane out of the ring. It is kind of interesting, though, that something that happened to Johnny Devine, of all people. Wait, backstage. What's this? Oh, AMW. AMW. They're mad at Shark Boy. No, they're mad at each other, it kind of looks like. Dude, is this what they're going to do? They're going to get get them mad at each other, break them up, and then send them to the E? Look at that fucking gorgeous Victory Road 2004 poster in the background. Whoa! And here we go. We're back from a commercial break for a Victory Road promo. Victory Road promo again. Yeah, well, I'll give you another note during this since I don't know how long it's going to be. Okay. PD and stuff. Um, this is about pay-per-views, man. Uh, the next pay-per-views after this one are scheduled on December 5th, and the name is Turning Point. Hey. And then on January 16th, and the name of that one, what? Final Resolution. What? There are no sites planned. Wait, what's this? Coming to Victory Road. Hal and Nash. Nash. This is a nice package. Oh, look at this. We haven't seen this match graphic yet. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I, there's more to this note, but this is exciting to me. Okay. It's still not known to have a, have a question mark on the ladder. I'm pretty sure it's a ladder match. Yeah, right? we're pretty sure it's known. Um, there are no sites planned for either show. Uh, when Jero was in Puerto Rico also, though, uh, over the weekend, which Bob noted for us. Thank you very much, Bob. Uh, the, he talked with Victor Coinos about doing a joint pay-per-view from the island. There was talk about moving the January 16th date to January 6th, since IWA has a big show that day. Uh, Jarrett tried to sell uh, Quenos on sticking to it, sticking it to McMahon, since McMahon is doing a pay-per-view on January 9th from San Juan. Mm. Uh, he did turn down that offer, figuring in a wrestling war he's winning. The last thing he wants to do is have McMahon try and gain revenge by coming to, into Puerto Rico more often or sending talent to WWC. There you go. Yeah. Um, I do have, uh, you can go ahead and say, I have another note about the pay-per-view situation I got to find. I don't have anything to say. Oh, I thought you were about to. Sorry. No, no. Um, I got to find it. So there's a quote from the, uh, about the pay-per-views during a press release that Alvarez points out for us. It says, quote, the alternative for the true wrestling fan, total nonstop action wrestling provides itself on delivering quality family programming that is clean, innovative, cutting edge, and with the high-risk, high-flying athleticism that TNA Wrestling is known for. Which Alvarez thinks that whoever wrote that should be fired, but... Uh, he also notes that uh, it's... <laughs> Personally, if I were running a company, his future was so tenuous um, that it could end one day if financial backers pulled out. I would never, under any circumstance, call a pay-per-view final resolution or book the outsiders on a pay-per-view called Turning Point. <laughs> Look at this. Nice teamwork there. Flipping Kazarian right onto Chris Sabin. This has been a fun match. I hope that we get a Vince Russo campaign video, too. And it starts off. Oh, I'm sure we will. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck yeah. for Vince Russo for director of authority. Or You know if we are on pay-per-view, that shit would be happening. Oh, I... I would hope. I mean, I'd probably not, but it'd be great if it did. Okay, so now thinking of 
this quote that we just heard. We have been seeing a lot more clean uh, programming on FSM. Makes sense. We're on TV, right? We have a pay-per-view coming up. Do we expect that there will be some blood? Do we expect a, uh, maybe a little bit edgier promos? I would have to think so. And you think that that is, do you think that they'll take that risk, thinking that FSN will be okay with that since it's on pay per view? Well, it's I not. I think it's fine. Well, how is it any different than when they were doing the weeklies? They toned down the weeklies when they went on to FSN. Yeah, but there's still blood, wasn't there? Not a lot. It was very, it was not a lot. Kazarian, tap rope. Saban jumping up. Avalanche over the head. German suplex. Crowd's really into this. I'm really into this. Yeah, they are going nuts for this match. Oh, dude, there's 41 seconds left in the match. I didn't even realize. Dallas, I had no idea that it was under a minute. Holy shit. Are we about to get a fucking decision here? That's pretty big if that's the case here. Has it been 10 minutes? But we're at 19 minutes, 51 seconds, so roughly, I guess. No, I mean, like, the match. Oh, yeah, I guess. I mean, they showed us stuff that happened during the commercial, so they were still going. 10 seconds, yeah, we're definitely getting a decision. Dude, that was the shortest 10 minutes I've ever experienced in my life. Cradle shock and... Posey going for the cover, but no. You know, it was at double zeros for about four seconds before <laughs> Posey went down for the cover or for the count, but. JB's like, God damn it. This is embarrassing. He's like, oh, this is producer Stevie Harris. That's quick. Oh, Judge Larry Zabisco has already made a decision. We have no proof he's here. Sanjay Dutt and Saban win by decision. All right, so this is... Of course. They... That was a very quick decision, and I want to point out the other times we've had this happen, they've shown Zabisco watching the screen, and he's come out to make the decision. Right. So this is a very weird case, because, you know, he's probably not there. I was going to say, he's probably not even there. Okay, we're backstage with Dusty Rhodes and Shane Douglas. Whenever Douglas talks, he always has to shrug his shoulders up. I've noticed that. He's been by the people for the people. Are we going to see some mudslinging? Whoa. Oh, there's going to be buckets up. Whoa. Oh. There's going to be more than mud being slung, baby. There's going to be feces. There's going to be urine and bodily fluids. Jeez. Bottom line is, baby. When I'm running the company, ladder match. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett jumps when I say ladder match. And here comes Jeff Jarrett. The weird thing is that Dusty, they have to make the decision before the vote happens because... Their votes at the pay-per-view. He's doing the fingers. Don't you talk when I'm talking, baby. He's pity for Dusty Rhodes. My world. Planet Jarrett. 
I was going to deliver to his boy, Jeff Hardy. I thought he was going to say Dustin. And, like, threaten his son. Oh, Bob, you ready to feel the pounce? We about to. Next. I love how his whole highlight is just the pounce. I feel like I might have left off the one of him doing it to to Hardy just because do you want to make your challenger look even worse? Okay, Bob, another Roddy Piper segment here. He's talking about Snuka. Well, I don't really know what to say about this one. Um, So here's another note for you, Bob, because this is just going to ramble about Jimmy Snuka. Okay. Um, Our our, uh, friend of the show, Bill Behrens, uh, who follows us on Twitter. You can follow us as well at Crossline TNA for all your fun TNA content. Uh, he was voted out of office this weekend at the NWA convention, and there's a new president, Ernie Todd of Winnipeg, which approximately means approximately nothing and maybe even a little less. He was voted out. I guess so. What does that even mean? He must not be on the board anymore, or something. I don't even know how involved in uh, Tina he is at this this point. But we're still technically an NWA company, so. Or at least related to. Oh. You sure about this, Jimmy? They just showed a freaking gorilla. Yeah, he hit him with the coconut. We know. They showed a picture of a smashed coconut on the ground. I think is he is Jimmy Snuka about to like appear? Don't, don't, shut up. He's really. I mean, this the the focus here is primarily on. He's talking about the history of Piper's Pit Bob. That doesn't mean anything. Well, I believe the history is more than one. Well, they talked about one last week, the first one. Now this one's Jimmy Snuka. That means we have probably at least two more of these. Who's this? I can't tell. I think it's Eric Stevens. Eric Stevens? We've seen him. We just saw him the other week. Wow, epic. Eric Stevens, I guess he'll be probably fighting uh, Maya Brown, right? Yeah, because we just heard uh, you're going to be feeling the pounce. pounce. Period. No scripts, no sensors, and a live microphone at Piper's Pit at the pay per view. Monday Brown looking fucking ripped. Here he comes. But the destroy Eric Stevens. This match will be about. Less than a minute thirty. Um. Yeah, you're probably right. Leaving a scent on the ropes, and immediately goes after Eric Stevens. Oh, he's he's talking about Abyss and Raven. You might not even make it a minute. I think in this case, that would make sense. There's some other guys that he fights that get a little more um, offense in, but they're also, like, bigger guys. Double underhook suplex. 
overhead release suplex. Oh, is he going to go? But let's see. Eric, Eric Stevens kind of has like a Scott Demore body. He does kind of, yeah. I mean, now, like, here in 2022, I mean, he is, like, super healthy and, like... Is he still active? He just came out of his uh, second retirement. Wow. Oh! Pounds! Holy shit. Hurry, pin him, then I'm right. Yeah, he's not... He ain't making it a minute 30, no way. One, two... (gasps) Oh, shit. <laughs> Maybe he will make it. They started his music because they thought it was done. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So Monty Brown is not done, dude. Stevens is probably like, dude, I don't want to do this again. What's he? Is he going for an alpha bomb, Maybe or? Oh, no. He's oh, just going another for pounds. The crowd oh. chanted one more time, so he said, fuck it. I'm going to do it. Yeah, but he could have just pinned him first. That's brutal. Knee to the face, too, on the cover. Just more disrespect. I love it. Jesus. That's it, baby. Raven! You can not stop me. Oh, there's a sign of the two injustices for Monty Brown. talking about his delusions you're adding your name to the endangered species list he's calling welcome to the terror dome uh-uh hey victory road hey victory road it'll be welcome to the serengeti with the pounds. oh lights out uh-oh So it sounds like he's really focusing on on Raven. Right. So I'm wondering. Oh, shit. There's Raven. And he's already got Monty Brown on his knees. And Raven's got his straight jacket in hand. And then he just held it up and put it back down. And Monty Brown grabs him. Lifts him up by the neck and chokes him. And then tosses him in the corner. Oh. Raven hit with the pounds. Raven kind of took it like sideways, not directly. Huh? Yeah. Wait, the oh. lights are out. Yeah, boo. Right. It's got to be right. Ah, shit. Oh, it's a bit. It's a bit. got the shock treatment. No. No. Money got out of it. Kicking hammering away here on Abyss. Coming out the ropes, clothesline, that got him. Wow. And, oh, I thought maybe he's going to counter that maybe into Black Hole Slam. Knocks Raven down again. Yes, this is definitely the tie-in for the triple threat. Yeah. Officially, probably. And then the best shock treatment to my Brown. Gotta love it. <laughs> Raven's going after Abyss again. Oh, and here comes security. This isn't too much. Raven and Abyss fight. Nah, send out, send out the security. Don Harris, please. Do you miss the Harris Brothers wrestling 
uh, all the time on TNA? Absolutely not. Okay. They're trying to separate all three of them. <gasps> the New York Connection coming. Trinity to lead her New York Connection into battle. Oh, wow. Well, now that we know that they're uh, wrestling here, uh, the latest developments here for Glenn Gilberti on the Indies. So on October 14th, Gilberti, who is the GCW heavyweight champion, defeated the GCW United States junior heavyweight champion, Jason Cross. Whoa. To win that title. So Glenn Gilberti is the... United States junior heavyweight champion and heavyweight champion for GCW, which is not a game changer. I believe it's like probably Georgia Championship Wrestling or something. It is, in fact, Georgia Championship Wrestling. So. I can't believe we're seeing the NYC back. Uh, you know what? I kind of agree with you. I'm surprised that they've made it this far. I mean, I guess it's really off and on, technically, but. Oh, Trinity has joined the announce team. They're taking on El Fuego and Scott pa- Papper. Papa. It's like Pepper, but with an act. Papa. Papper. Papper. Well, Gilberti is going after, I believe that is Scott Papa. Uh, yeah, probably. Well, speaking of debuts, Bob. You want to talk about that uh, coming soon video since we finally have seen I absolutely a, need to know what is going on with that. We have seen, finally, these guys came out from a video package. Well, this other guy did not. You ready to get your mind blown? Yes. Oh. It's, a um, it's not as much of a mystery as you think, Bob, because D'Lo Brown is considered a negative topic here as he's canceled coming back the week he was supposed to return after they had produced videos for him to come back with a new gimmick. Wow, that was D'Lo? Yeah. Dude, that did not look like him at all. Uh, Brown had asked to choose between TNA and All Japan, and since he made more money in All Japan, that was the decision he made. Uh, So the company is now very negative on him. A fuego going with a springboard back elbow, kind of like. Looks like a springboard discus forearm. Okay. Um, yeah, well, I mean, can you blame? I don't blame them. If you're making more money in all Japan, just work all Japan. Right. Trinity is saying that the NYC is going to be a victory road. Mm. Trinity is the key to the NYC. Oh, what are we doing here? Oh. What was that? It's like an elevated double underhook pile driver. But, you know, pretty lifting to help. It's just swinging. I think Trinity, Trinity tried to roll into the ring because she thought the match was about to be done and then she had to roll out because it wasn't yet. Look, she's going to Fuego and putting him in a fucking camel clutch. Well, I like that they're letting Trinity like beat people up again. Wait, what's this? Is that James Storm and Daniels? Yeah. Brawling. They fall through the crowd. Oh, here comes Prime Time and Harris. And then the locker room again. I- Making the save. I will say a weird time to do that, I feel like. Like you're spotlighting your team that's coming back. Well, back or you could say debuting for a lot of people. Return, returning. Yeah. Returning. Um, and then it's like, yeah, take the spotlight away for this. In the in the arena. Right. If it was a video, which they've been doing online, so I get it. But It's Gilberti and Swinger, though. Like, who really cares? I know, I know. I'm just saying. 
Triple X is up to here with the NW. TNA's not big enough for both of us. I do not like the sound of this. At Victory Road? What? What's happening? We're going we're gonna to prove that the, we're the best team here. They're not going to stop until they prove that Triple X is the last team standing. Wow. AMW Triple X, last team standing at Victory Road. Wow. Wow. Okay. How do they keep getting better? Like, the match is on that's this card, That's a good stipulation. Match. That's a good stipulation. Yeah, that's fun. AJ and Jeff Hardy challenge Team Canada, it looks like, up next. Oh, here you go. There it is. The Vince Russo uh, campaign ad. In a world sustained by violence, justice, and deceit. Injustice. It's not even Russo talking. No. The other one was like at least dusty, kind of. Old school wrestling. That legendary but ridiculous bionic of a November 7th. Vote. Vince Russo. I'm Vince Russo, and I approve this message. That's funny. Well, okay, so Dusty had like a whole graphic for his approval, and Vince Russo was clearly just standing backstage. And they, I, yeah, no, the Dusty one was. They're trying to obviously make it much better. Yes. Um. So Team Canada coming out here. We got Eric Young. We got Bobby Roode, and I believe that is our friend Ruffy Silverstein. <laughs> So I lied. It wasn't a tag match. It looks like we got a six-man coming up. Yeah. Um, well, as we have our Team Canada friends coming out, the, Canadi the Canadian TV show on TSN, scheduled for a six-week tryout starting on November 8th, is already in jeopardy and said to be a 50-50 if it'll even air. Mm -hmm. uh, Phil King, the head of TSN, was mad that Scott Demore, who was involved in putting the deal together, mentioned it on Don Cal's and Joe... Allo's radio show in Winnipeg. However, TSN website had it up just a few days later and even posted a poll on its website asking people if they were interested in seeing TNA. Apparently, the deal has been talked about, uh, but wasn't signed nor finalized. The TSN claim it was that on their website, it was by mistake. It was already broken on different wrestling sites. TSN took it down from the site a few days later. And it's probably, at this point, better than 50-50, if only because Jeff, Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett's two appearances on TFN's off the record were still on schedule at press time. Hmm. So we've got some drama going on. It's actually pretty interesting, too, because there's also... Oh, okay, it's Ron Killings coming out with... Uh, AJ just came out, now here's Ron Killings. Um, it's also noted uh, on Brian Alvarez's note of this that Carl, Carl DeMarco, the president of WWE Canada... Apparently, when all this was going down, he called TSN and went crazy, saying that he couldn't believe that they were going to air the show. And not only that, we're going to air it on Mondays. Uh, mm -hmm. So, Elvira says, so much for Vince not considering TNA competition. Last we heard that there was about 50-50 chance about it airing, blah, blah, blah. So, who knows, man? Yeah, who knows, yeah. It's... Uh, it, I... it seems like nothing ever goes smooth for TNA when it comes to like airing their shows. Not nah, dude. Here comes Hardy. Uh, I'm not sure if you have any Indian notes, but I have one more note I'll share during the match. So if you do. Okay. Go. Uh, so Ruffy. Oh, 
we don't know nothing about him, so. Yeah, no, we don't. Um, I'm not going to go through I and mean, he's got like, quite a bit of stuff here to maybe talk about, but um, this is his first uh, impact appearance, obviously, in the ring. He was on uh, Explosion before. But did you know that Ruffy was on Sunday Night Heat? No, I did not, Bob. <laughs> yeah, back on wow. July 13th, 2003, Ruffy lost to Scott Steiner. Oh, my God. On Sunday Night Heat. Scott Steiner wrestled on Heat? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's when Scott Steiner's main event run had been uh, over for about six months. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. Uh, he was also on the Sunday Night uh, International version uh, in July 2004, July 11, 2004, uh, losing to Rosie in the Hurricane in the tag match. Oh, Styles going for a dive, but then moved out of the way. And uh, it looks like he he worked a few times over like in Michigan, Pennsylvania. He wrestled Slick Wagner Brown. Uh, on my birthday in 2003, April 6, 2003, he lost to Slick, though, because, of course, Slick is the best. And he lost to Molly Brown at wow. MXPW in Michigan back on January 19, 2003. So that's all there really is for Ruffy right now. Uh, Robert, or uh, Bobby Roode, yeah, Bobby Roode, he teamed up with Conan in a losing effort to Ricky Banderas in Vampiro for IWA Puerto Rico. Very interesting. Which I mentioned earlier. And then AJ Styles had a couple of things. Uh, back on October 20th, he lost to Chris Candido for IWA Mid-South uh, Battleground in Bloomington. And on the 21st of October, AJ Styles won the vacant IWA Mid-South Heavyweight Championship when he defeated Chris Sabin, Christopher Daniels, and Petey Williams at IWA Mid-South's Autumn Armageddon in Evansville, Indiana. And that is all the indie notes for this match and for the show. Nice. Well, if Team Canada is laying the smack down here on AJ Styles, I'll give you my laying final note. Smack it down and all their candy asses. Um, and I mentioned we were going to talk a little bit more about Sean Waltman. And that is what I got for you here. Oh. Uh, so it's noted that he is not well, coming big in. clothesline by. Yeah, it was. It was huge. On to Styles. Uh, he's not coming at this point. Uh, Jarrett didn't want him to. Although the two were friends from the WWE days, there are a lot of bad feelings toward the times that Waltman and China were either going to appear and didn't, which we talked about. You can check those out in our archives. Uh, that was happened uh, a while back here. Now they announced China and then they were backstage and they didn't, or then he was there backstage and on something. It was a mess. It was a mess. Um, Waltman has obviously had major uh and major huge problems between drug issues and his relationship with China. Uh, so much of the problems are his fault, Dave says. Uh, some aren't, as Waltman felt deceived. And this was one thing it's clear both Jarrett's have never come to grips with. Regarding people who they thought were friends. And oh, I thought they were showing someone in the crowd right there. Uh, that they, regarding people that they thought were friends who lied in lied to consistently in regard to Vince Russo being part of the company and then not understanding why they were no longer trusted. Mm -hmm. um, Hall is said to be unhappy in particular, since it's not like Hall and Nash are going to have good matches on their own. At least he was someone who could help them. So apparently Scott Hall is not very thrilled that Waltman is not coming in with them. 
Well, yeah, Wallman would be like the bump guy, I would imagine. Whisper in the wind there by Jeff Hardy to Bobby Roode. But Ruffy making the save. Ruffy, great member of Team Canada. Oh, Ruffy with a sit out. It's like a two count on Hardy. Styles and Killings with dives to the floor. I feel like Ruffy's going to be in trouble here. He's going to pin Hardy. Yeah, I bet. Dude, he's going to pin him. Going for a suplex, but Jeff counters it. He, Jeff is still working a little count. hard to bring out a roughie here. Yeah. No, he avoided the front suplex. Uh-oh. Oh, kicks to the midsection. Uh-oh. Twist of fate. Oh, no, back dude. Is Ruffy going to do it? No. Ruffy. Oh, oh, oh he got it with a twist of fate. One, two, three, and I got him. Could you imagine if Jeff Hardy wow. got pinned by Ruffy? I actually liked that ending yeah. sequence, though. That was fun. That was good. Yeah, that was good. Oh, oh, shit. Oh. More attacking Hardy. Is Jeff Jarrett about to come out, you think? Probably, He's right? got to, right? Jeff Hardy came out for his match. Seems only fitting. Mm-hmm. More just taunting Jeff Hardy. Come on! Come on, Jeff! Okay, it lo- Petey Williams is with Styles in the crowd member. They are fighting at Victor oh. And that looked like it hurt as P got whipped against one of the walls. The Canadians got a ladder in the ring. They have it set up in a very weird place. Okay, they laid Hardy out. Eric Young looks like he's climbing up. Who's this? BG James. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, BG James. Where's Conan? Conan's there. Now, Conan, big friend of the show, constantly retweets us. I, I made a, a tweet recently about Abyss standing across the ring from Three Life Crew. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, the hesitation. And BG James wrote back, like, is pooping your pants hesitation? And I was like, I that is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I did that. Oh, my God. Is Scott Demore about to get hit with a swanton? I hope not. You got hit with, yeah, Flatliner. Oh, Demore, just roll out of the way. Oh! Yeah, swanton. And there you go, Bobby. Hit the swanton off a ladder in front of 375 people as i expected oh gee. jeff jarrett with a guitar of course and oh. boom see ya fucking exploded dude jeff hardy you want your answer oh shit okay it's official it's on a and it's in a ladder match and we immediately cut to yeah, that why did he say it on a ladder in the ladder, was, it should be in the ladder match. Well, that would be like abruptly ended, Bob. Yeah, that was a weird edit. It really would. It would probably run out of time. Yeah, but we've seen episodes that are going 55 minutes and stuff in some of our cases. Well, okay, but we didn't have like two um, campaign ads and then you had a couple of like the pay per view stuff. So they probably were like, we got to get this in and then we'll just cut it. Yeah, no, you're probably right. Wow, man. I thought that was a really good episode of Impact. It's another good show. It's getting nauseating just saying it's a good show, but that's what it was. I like really like this one. And like this was another one. I'm like getting more and more excited for Victor Road, and I didn't think I could. Like I was already like super excited. And I mean the Scott Hall video, we officially have the ladder match announcement. The three-way Abyss, Monty Brown, Raven is official. It looks like three live crew and a team Canada for the tag team titles. Um, the last team standing, Triple X, America's Most Wanted, AJ and PD Williams, yeah. the X Division Gauntlet, Piper's Pit. I know. 
man. You can see why I wanted to watch, why I wanted to buy it as a teenager. Dude, I mean, it's really, really looking like their strongest show ever. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's yeah. ever certainly have a very good first uh, monthly pay-per-view on paper with the matches that they're going with. I think the last man standing one between AMW and Triple X could be really good. Yeah. So they always have seem to have good matches. So I think that's definitely, yeah. And definitely I, possible. It's important to know here. Like, I don't want the show to, you know, I don't want like today and them to be trying to act like Jared's never been a ladder match. He has wrestled in ladder matches before. Yeah. And I think that I don't know if they're really trying to hide that necessarily. I think that it's just so much of Hardy's stipulation. Right. That even if Jared's done some of them, it's still Hardy's match, and he's way yeah. more experienced. Yeah, and he definitely has one more in his career than Jared has. Right. So, yeah, I think you no, know, it's a good point to bring up though. Um, I so I would have to assume we don't know anything for next week, which is fine. Like whatever, I, which is also kind of interesting when you think about it too. That they don't really advertise at least any matches, but unless they do an explosion, which doesn't make sense, but whatever. Um, I would have to assume we're going to see Kevin Nash on a video next week. I would have to imagine, yeah. Which, like, let's go. Is it next week already? Like, I want to watch Kevin Nash on a yeah. video. Um, and, yeah, I mean, if we have this ladder match official, I'm sure the mind games will continue to be played between Hardy and Jarrett. Um, and I would assume the, the brawling with these teams and um, Monty Brown, Raven, and Abyss is only going to increase in the next few weeks. Like, I, I'd have to assume. Yeah, I mean, they're probably going to have to add, like, some more depth to it. Yeah. Because it's like, this is them brawling. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how they... I mean, this episode felt like it almost could have been a go-home show for the pay-per-view to me. Sure. Especially the way it just ended. Like, the brought with all the match people, like, everyone's fighting their own guys. And, like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think that's a good point. I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, I hope everyone else is excited, too. And um, I already plugged our Twitter, but I hope you guys do follow us along on there to make sure that you are getting all this awesome T-Day content. If you aren't watching the shows with us, we post images so you can see what we're seeing you know, to a degree. And I look at it like a big storytelling uh, kind of experience as you go through our Twitter page. And you can see every day TNA posts. There's, what's there not to like about that? Right. Yeah. Dallas does all the hard work. I'm just here to talk. Yeah, there's some other uh, – we're going to tease it again, man, because uh, in current day it has not officially happened yet. But we have some really exciting stuff that hopefully has already released and also some exciting stuff in the works that I'm really excited about. Um, and that being said, there's also um, – I'm still working on getting a new T-shirt design up on our Pro Wrestling T-Store ProSignTees.com slash ProSignTNA. It's really, off the shelves. It's, real, it's flying off the shelves, man. You guys got to get them. Uh, you know, get them on TV or something. Uh, I don't know what we'll do, but maybe we'll do something. And uh, this this particular shirt design uh, is a kind of a throwback. I'm, I'm a little worried they're not going to approve it. But if they approve it, <laughs> it is going to be an awesome throwback in a perfect way 
that we have left the asylum years in, behind us. And I'll just leave it at that. Maybe it's a little bit extreme. Uh-oh. So uh, hopefully that's up way by the time this episode release. And hopefully there is some exciting bonus episodes heading your guys' way. Uh, I'm actually thinking by the time this episode comes, there might even be more than one uh, in different versions of different things. I don't know. Right. There's definitely a lot of stuff going on. Uh, so much so that I'm already losing kind of track of it. But I'm really excited. And that's all I'm going to ramble for. I'm ready to get to next week. All right. That's all I got. All right. Well, I'm ready for next week as well. Uh, hopefully everybody listening continues as we head towards Victory Road. We are two weeks away. So we will continue next week. Until then, for Dallas Greeley, I am Bob Klein Jr. And this has been the TNA Crossline Podcast.